this is Coupled for Life, your marriage podcast with Jason and Elizabeth Franklin. Sparking communication in intertribal and intercultural marriages. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Coupled for Life. We're really excited that you've joined us here today. We are your hosts, Elizabeth Wanjiro Franklin and Jason Franklin Ochola. In today's episode, we are delving into a topic that we've kept on hold for a long while and we alluded to it about three, four episodes ago. (laughs) And it is a story about how Liz and I met. This is going to be one of those episodes that's going to be really, really fun. (laughs) I know, I know. And we really want you to listen in and enjoy, get to know how we met. It is unique. Here's the one thing about our story that really amazes me. Mm -hmm. It's in the way God is involved in every single bit of the story. Let me begin from where it starts with me. I got born again in January of 2010. That's 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I got born again, the idea of marriage was not anywhere near my mind. And I got introduced to a book by Derek Prince on marriage. It was interesting because at that point, I had always known that God is not really involved in a marriage story, you know, mm-hmm. that it's boy meets girl, boy loves girl, girl plays hard to get perhaps, (laughs) or girl falls in love right back and the story continues from there, you know. That's what I always thought it was about. But then here comes a book by Derek Prince and he was talking about how he had met his two wives. (laughs) He met his first wife in a dream. God showed him his wife and how they would meet and what would happen. And it happened exactly as God had shown him in the dream. Wow. So they lived in Kenya. Derek Prince lived in Kenya for a while with his wife. And they took care of children in an orphanage. And it was really amazing. And then his wife passed on. So in comes wife number two. Because he remarried. Mm -hmm. And it was just so amazing. First, he was very, very devastated. With the death of his wife. Yes, yes. And he couldn't see himself remarrying. Mm-hmm. And he took time out. But even in his sorrow, God should him would be his wife in the second marriage. Mm. And again, it was a vivid vision. Wow. That he saw her and this is what was happening at the time. I believe her name was Ruth. And he saw her paralyzed. In an awkward way, just holding her lower back and she was in a lot of pain. And God showed him that he healed her and they got married. Him who? Him, Derek or him, God? God healed Ruth (laughs) and then they got married. And can you imagine in the very way that he had shown him in the vision is the exact way that things panned out. Wow. And for me, that completely blew my mind. Completely blew my mind. Because growing up, I'd seen people getting married. 
at this point when I'm getting saved in 2010, I had had my fair share of relationships and mm -hmm. heartbreaks. Mm -hmm. So now here I am and I'm reading this book and it's unbelievable. <laughs> like this is a story unlike any other I have ever read. They didn't meet in a club. They didn't meet on the street. Yeah. It's God himself who orchestrated things. Yeah. And somehow these two met mm -hmm. things picked up from there what i would like to know is how in your first month of being a new believer mm -hmm. one of the first books you're reading is about marriage you know what i don't even understand <laughs> but now now that i look back yeah i realize that god's plan for my marriage was meant to start from here henceforth mm -hmm. because the person i was going to marry <laughs> had been born again for God knows, hey, for like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel that God really just wanted me to have a new perspective mm -hmm. because of everything I had, I had, I had gone through, everything that I had seen previously. Mm -hmm. Some things needed to be wiped clean, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. Some things just needed to be written on a clean, fresh sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. Now, not only that book. I read okay. yet another book uh -huh. by Eric and Leslie Lardy mm -hmm. called When God Writes Your Love Story. I mean, if you are single, if you're listening to this, please, please, you better look for that book. It's one of the most amazing books I had ever, ever read. And this is yet another Christian couple, not this husband and wife, writing a book together. Mm. And they had known each other for a while being young and born again yeah. and they're in the circles of friends and everybody you know i mean it's in the american setting yes so people are drinking people are hooking up and this one analogy stuck with me mm -hmm. till date eric likened his life to a boat or a ship think a cruise ship mm -hmm. so there's the top deck then there's the lower floor, then there's floors and going on underneath, mm -hmm. you know. And he says that on the surface, he wanted to look the part. He wanted to look Christian in every way. But Jesus knocked a little bit deeper. So think of it this way, in the setting of our houses. For me, I want to be a Christian, but I want to be associated with God on the periphery, mm -hmm. you know. This is my house. There's a fence around it. And then Jesus is right outside the gate. I mean, we have a, a relationship. Just that I'm inside my house. But he's the, outside he's the, the gate. He's the guy outside the gate. He's outside the gate. Mm -hmm. So he puts it this way. So let me use this analogy to juxtapose what it is that he was saying. Jesus knocks at his gate. And he's like, okay. I guess you can come into my compound. Mm -hmm. Jesus gets into the compound, but Jesus is not satisfied with just being in the, in compound. the compound. I want to get into the house. Yeah. So he knocks at the door. And Eric at this point now is a bit apprehensive. Like, I was comfortable with you, Jesus, being outside the gate. It's okay, me and you know each now other. Now you're we in have my fight. space too much. Now you're in my space. This is my compound. <laughs> Already it's too much for me to allow you into my compound. Yeah. Now you want to get into the house. Like, okay, not, not a problem. Get into the house, but stay in the sitting room. 
But Jesus was not satisfied. It was still a superficial relationship, relationship with him being in the sitting room. So he knocks deeper and Eric has now hidden in the bedroom <laughs> and Jesus knocks deeper. I want to be involved in every single part of your life. Mm. I don't just to be there with your Christian group. I want to be there with your family. I want to be there to know who you're dating. Now let's get into the cracks of the matter. Let mm. me get into your heart of hearts. Mm -hmm. I want to be involved in every single thing. What is it that you're reading? What magazines are you mm -hmm. looking at? Mm -hmm. My relationship with you is intimate. Yeah. And Eric was quite disturbed at this point. Just thinking exactly how intimate do you want to know me? Yeah. To the point that he wants to know who I'm dating. Checking that relationship yes. to see that it's going the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. That was very uncomfortable for Eric. <laughs> and he, he, he confesses it in that book. I can imagine having a stranger walk up to your gate, someone you've never met, yet they want to go beyond the gate and come to your bedroom. But you see, he was not a stranger to Jesus. Uh -huh. he, he had a relationship with Jesus. He did. He's a, he's a superficial he's a, Christian. He's a Christian. Mm -hmm. But then, before his friends, I mean, mm -hmm. being a young man, mm -hmm. I want still he to... He wants to identify exactly. with Christianity. Exactly. Like but we not can, live it. Yes. We can sit down as, as young men, talk about this girl, talk about the way her, her, her physical features are this way and that way. Mm -hmm. But then, when I sit back, I know that is not right. Mm. Something is wrong with that. Mm. And so Jesus didn't want him to just live his life superficially mm -hmm. like it needed to be a testament that you are a christian that you have jesus in your heart yes. even to the people who know you the deepest that was eric's testimony and that opened my mind yet again because i thought that when you are about to get married this is what you do you walk into god's busy busy office like i mean he's the king of the entire universe he has a tight schedule he has a tight schedule <laughs> like he has his his entry is to the sky high and his out tray is two Stop. three files <laughs> two three files high <laughs> so he's really busy he's he's thinking about the cancer patients in india these earthquakes in japan mm -hmm. There's all these people there's who are calling, there's corruption in Africa, there's HIV AIDS, there's childlessness. There's a hurricane about to strike. Somewhere. You know, he's busy and everyone is calling to him. <laughs> God is busy. So when you want to marry someone, yeah. just knock on his office door and he will not even look up. You just get in. He'll say, yes, 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 come in, come mm, in, come in. Mm. So you come in and say, God, this is the one I have chosen, I want to marry. And he says, okay, okay, shoo, shoo, just go. Go to your pastor and get ex exchange vows mm. and be done with it. That is what I had in my mind. Mm -hmm. Not that God would be interested in exactly who I marry. Exactly how do I get married. Mm -hmm. And I came to discover by reading these two books that God is interested in every single detail of my life. It's not about how I look on the outside. It's not about how people view me and think I am amazing mm -hmm. and I am a practicing Christian, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. I look the part. But am I really the part? 
my very love life is important to him mm-hmm. i it blew my mind completely and i think that is the point where i prayed i might i must have prayed <laughs> mm-hmm. and said god i want a story like this like mm-hmm. if it's possible for you to do this for Derek Prince I want to know how it is I want to see I want to see you in the details and my goodness did I not see him in the details That's amazing just just to take us back a bit your picture of what God was Mhm what advised it because you see every one of us has a picture of God and how we approach God in fact Christ tells us that God is our father Mm-hmm. But you see many people do not take God as a father. Mm-hmm. Many people take God as that old man with the white beard and a long stick that he will whack you when you are you, you've gone astray. They look at him as this fearsome, weird-looking being that's unapproachable. What advised you to think of God as this being that's too busy to be involved in your life? Well, that's a really amazing question. You see, I grew up in a religion where I knew that if I commit a sin, there's only one thing to do. Say a couple of prayers in a certain order, and that's it. I ended up making a lot of mistakes in my life, including having relationships that should not have been, mm-hmm. relationships that went past the boundaries that should have been kept. I knew that it's okay to sin. You just need to go confess to someone and your sins are done. Mm-hmm. They are forgiven. And so there wasn't that knowing and acknowledging that God is sovereign in my life. Mm-hmm. And having that fear of him that I knew if I don't do right by him there are consequences. Mm-hmm. I basically grew up knowing that if you sin you just do this and you're done and you're absolved and you're absolved you know and so he seemed like a very aloof god mm-hmm. one who just basically let me run my life the way i wanted it to mm-hmm. run as long Le- as laser fair laser fair you know i am my own person i decide what i want to do if i fornicate mm-hmm. i just say some prayers i just go and confess and we are good and i think at the point where i made that decision to accept christ into my life it hit me that something is very wrong somewhere because if this god who claims to be sovereign who claims to be the king of the universe this god who claims to be mighty can be boxed can be put in a box that if i sin all i have to do is come and do a couple of things and then we are cool it didn't make sense to me in fact i felt that i should be getting the worst trap because i can't be playing with him like a toy that way and so i knew that there was something more to this so now we are here i am born again and suddenly my eyes are opened that he's not just aloof he's not an aloof god He's interested in everything about me. Not just who I marry, but including what I eat, mm-hmm. what I wear, to the point of not 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 just him providing my food, him providing my my clothing, but he's interested in what I'm wearing. Like Elizabeth, is that dress too short? 
Mm-hmm. Are those trousers a little too tight? Don't you think they are a bit too tight? Yes, yes. And just imagining God caring and and being interested in me in that way. Mm. Was completely mind blowing. Wow. Completely mind blowing. Him coming from that God who is aloof mm-hmm. to one who is interested in every little bit of me. A God is too busy for you to one who is interested in the detail of your life. To my hair, like there's a there's a strand that has come out. Or you, or you, or you've not had your hair done in in weeks. Like, wait, are you not supposed to be sorting out people in <laughs> in different countries? In ICU and you know, staff, you know? You, you needed in the ICU. Someone who is dying and they're crying out for you. You should be there. You, you're carrying about my my toenails. Mm. It, it blew me completely away. Completely. Which paints the picture of God as a father in a new light. Completely, yes. When, when Christ was teaching and he said... If your earthly fathers who are wicked can give you exactly what you ask of them, how much more your heavenly father who is just, who is righteous, and who is faithful as well. Because you see, an earthly father can change one day and decide, I'm not going to give you what you've asked for. That's true. And each of us has an ear in his presence. Exactly. That should bring any person to their knees. Mm -hmm. That should break you down. Yes. Because... A God who is so mighty, who is so sovereign, who is such a warrior, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. His voice is like thunder. I mean, a God like that is one to be revered. He's one who I should be the one asking about his hair, his mm. toenails. I should be at his every beck and call. Yes. But then he comes down to my level, gentle as a lamb. Mm and caring to the core for every single bit of my life mm-hmm. completely amazing. that 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 is really mind blowing i usually like breaking down the relationship between god and the believer in this way when he got the children of israel out of egypt he was god over them mm-hmm. leading them telling them what to do directing them but when christ came he was now God with us. He's not just this, because, well, when he got the Israelites out of Egypt, he was that God who was unapproachable. Mm. I am God. I do not like this. I want this. I am holy. Mm. Only Moses is going to approach. If you try touching the mountain that I've, I've mm. touched, you're going to die. He had all these laws and, you know, but he had to present himself like that because uh, the Israelites didn't know any better. They didn't mm-hmm. know any other thing. They had just come from a life of bondage mm-hmm. that was all laws and structure and this and this. Well, he's still a God of structure and order. But there was a command to it. Mm-hmm. And that is what they understood. Mm-hmm. If he would have come out in any other way, yes. they would have disregarded him. Yeah. And picture this. He already presented himself as this kind of God. And still some people disregarded him in the desert. (laughs) Now, how much worse would it have been Mm -hmm. if he had not presented himself as this tough God? That is the God of the Old Testament. That is the God of the Old Testament, yes. Then in comes the God of the New Testament. God with us. God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Yes. A God who is caring, a God who is loving. Who has come down to your level. 
and died on the cross yes for me who doesn't even know him in, in fact the scripture tells us every temptation we are going through everything that we are experiencing as human beings right now he experienced it and as our high priest right now he knows exactly mm-hmm. what we are going through when we come before him in supplication and in prayer when we pray and ask god god i'm in distress he was in distress mm. i'm hungry he suffered hunger mm. lord I'm, i'm without a house Mm. He at some point he was without a house. Lord, I'm being tempted yes, in this way I'm or being that tempted way, in this with, way. A, with a woman, with a man. Yes, he was perfectly tempted. Yes, he was. <laughs> he knows exactly what we're going through. And then when he was leaving, he sent us his Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. whom I like pointing out as God in us. Amazing. And this picture of of God changed for you. It was a complete game changer. I mean, just seeing that me who is a nothing, mm-hmm. you would come down and love me completely mm-hmm. 159,001% was the most amazing experience of my life. But what about you? Was that your story from the beginning? Now that well, now that you have been saved since the age of 10. <laughs> well, you just had to let it out of the bag. Yes. <laughs> I mean, for you, you you've not grown up and received Christ in your 20s like I did. For you it was from the very beginning. You grew up in church. You have been seeing your parents having in church. Go ahead, tell my story. I am telling you a story. It needs ah uh, no no no. I don't get it. I don't get it. This is how children should be raised, yeah. Eh? Take them to church. You 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 just no no wait first. Wait, wait. You're there serving in Sunday school. You're singing at, at the pulpit. You're in your teens, you're going for camps. You're the CU leader. You are in the band. You are where? Surely. I'm sure you knew God intimately from the age of 10 and you knew that he loves you completely and you were engulfed in his love and you were walking around like a saint in love, in must, engulfed <laughs> with this presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Was that your story, sir? Well, You've added so much sugar spice and everything <laughs> nice but it didn't turn out like the powerpuff girls. Okay. <laughs> well, in 2010, while you were reading books about marriage, mm-hmm. one month into your new life of salvation, I had already graduated from campus. Mm-hmm. And I was in a relationship with a lady that I had met in campus. Mm-hmm. Put a bookmark there. Okay, bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> You already alluded to my life before 2010. Mhm. For me on this other end, I gave my life to Christ at the age of 10 in the late 90s. But it does not mean that since the late 90s I lived a holy, sanctimonious and and <laughs> and sin-free life. Mm-hmm. I was I, I no no no. I'm a typical human being. Mhm. That was the late 90s and You, you you've talked about my growing up in church yes i have christian parents who are pastors actually and i was born to them when they were already believers mm-hmm. so you see the environment i was raised around was an environment of 
knowing Christ, loving Christ, serving Christ, living in Christ, all churchy. Amazing. Mm-hmm. By the time I was getting born again, it was my decision now to come to know this God for myself. Yes, I've seen him work in my parents' lives. Mm-hmm. But you see, that's their salvation. Let none of us who is listening right now think that your parents' salvation is what will take you to heaven. Mm. You still have to make the decision for yourself. It's a personal journey. It's, it's a, a personal decision. Exactly. I used to wonder why people would testify and say, Christ is my personal savior. But mm-hmm. you see, it, it does make sense because your walk with Christ mm-hmm. is not the exact walk mm-hmm. that Christ has with someone else. True. He is your personal savior. He is your personal friend. And in as much as I was raised with a Christian background, I still had to know this Christ for myself. So one day at a crusade, I went to the front and received Christ as my Lord and Savior. I was 10 years old. At this crusade, the minister who had come to preach had come to plant a church. Amazing. And my family moved to it. Mm-hmm. At this church, we were part of the Sunday school. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. It was a Sunday affair. I was a Sunday Christian. Mm-hmm. But it helped that my family, we had family altars every other day, and my parents tried to raise us up as best as they could in the ways of God. I came to salvation. I walked in salvation. I, I was part of a children's team. I was in the Sunday school. I lived life in church. Mm-hmm. When we'd leave school on Saturdays, I would head to church for rehearsals because I was now part of the the children's choir. Mm-hmm. And this went on through my primary school into my high school. Mm-hmm. And even it advised the kind of life I lived in campus. Mm-hmm. In campus, I joined the CU. Mm-hmm. While at CU, I met a girl. And she was not the first girl I met. Well, campus... <laughs> Campus, campus is unique. You know, when you, when you talk about first girl you met, I mean, have you not been meeting girls since you were young? <laughs> since I was young, well, I was. <laughs> but now this was a special type of girl. Yes. I got into a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Our relationship kicked off when I was in my second year, and it went on till after I graduated. All right, now that you had grown up in church and everything, I am sure you both kept safe social distancing oh. you did not <laughs> the COVID-19 social distancing <laughs> yes, now that you have grown up in church, you know about true love weights I am sure nothing in the physical ever happened oh. between you two, it's nothing campus. at all it's mm-hmm. campus, I'm away from my teachers on, in Sunday school who would help me keep on the, on on the, the street and narrow, I'm away from my parents um, it's freedom it's freedom it's good to point out that before I joined campus, while I was still in high school, I had attended a conference, which was partly a training, where this gentleman at the front was teaching us about sexuality, and he advised us to wait for true love. Mm-hmm. And we, I think I should look for it. He gave us cards mm-hmm. with our names on them, mm-hmm. cards that had us take a vow that we will wait for true love. You'll wait to engage in sex in marriage. In marriage. Mm -hmm. And I signed it. 
You see, some of these vows that we take, God, God, God takes vows seriously. He honors. He honors vows. Probably way more than we do. Not probably. He'd... Totally and completely and over our heads more than we do. Wow. He honors vows, and I may have signed that vow as uh, a routine. As a routine, I may have even signed it seriously. Mm-hmm. But life happened. Yeah. Now. I met this girl in campus. I was a leader in CU. Mm-hmm. Having met her in campus and with gray areas, you know, outside there when we, in church and around my parents, there are boundaries, but yeah. I'm in campus now. Mm. You're, you're your own man. I'm making my own decisions. Mm. I meet her and uh, biology and chemistry came together and physics made the lights work. <laughs> And we started down a path that was not right in front of God's eyes. Mm -hmm. But you see now, she was the first woman I got intimate with. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, God did not allow us to go the full nine yards. Mm -hmm. But everything between starting point to almost... Mm-hmm. We engaged in it. Yeah. And the odd thing is that my conscience was telling me, hey, you, you know you're not doing what's right. Mm-hmm. But here I am. You're I'm, excited. I'm excited and I'm head over heels with this girl and we kept at it. Now, out here I'm, I'm interning, trying also to look for a job. She joins in, she's interning. I get some pay, I move into a house with a buddy of mine, and whatever we were doing in campus continued. continued out here. Wow. And as it continued, my conscience kept judging me. Mm-hmm. You, you see, the scripture tells us that if your conscience judges you mm. and you ignore it, mm-hmm. you are sinning. Wow. So here I was my conscience is judging me and I'm ignoring mm-hmm. this guilt, this weight that I'm feeling in my chest until one day I foolishly, well foolishly but in God's timing it was the right thing to happen mm-hmm. I foolishly cut off communication with the girl we are getting into that <laughs> but because clearly this episode has to end yes, the, next it has. One, <laughs> the next one has to come but fast forward one thing that is really amazing is that you got married. Yes, I did. As a virgin. Yes, I did. I know whoever is listening is wondering, uh, as a virgin? But he's just come from telling us that, yes, we didn't go the whole nine yards. So, yes. <laughs> you got married as a virgin. Yes, I did. At the age of 28. Yes. You know, that sounds a bit strange. Mm-hmm. to a couple of people out here mm-hmm. because we imagine that it's the woman who has to keep her virginity it, it's preached when, when we talk about keeping yourself a virgin when we talk about waiting until marriage in order to have sex mm-hmm. it's the fingers point at, at, the, ladies. at the ladies when More. we talk about be chaste and wait all eyes turn on the woman mm. No one looks at the boy. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, boy, you live your life. You go, have fun. 
you will miss out on life you know mm. you need to have several girlfriends you yeah. need to play a couple of women here and there but you get married at the age of 28 as a virgin mm-hmm. what was that like for you was it hard to wait or was it easy for you to get to 28 and i mean it's easy peasy ah uh, there's nothing easy about waiting mm-hmm. at all there's nothing easy about waiting it is one of the toughest decisions in as much as it is beneficial in the end mm-hmm. and you feel um you feel proud not mm-hmm. the kind, wrong kind of pride but you feel proud that you've stood till this moment mm-hmm. that you're giving yourself up to your spouse to intimacy with this one person for the first time it is a mixture of emotions joy eagerness pleasure that you've not experienced a lot is going on mm-hmm. it's it's all sweet at the same time mm-hmm. but it's not easy waiting mm. i was in campus after campus i i was out here in the co- in the corporate world i've seen and met very many beautiful women mm-hmm. and i go back to my house i'm all alone i'm living alone in the matatus i'm seated next to beautiful women and you see i'm in a relationship that has already lost boundaries mm. why shouldn't mm. i try it out with someone else yeah you see it's it's not easy it's not easy staying pure because many people around you are corrupt mm. and they're already engaging in what you are trying not to do yeah so you may have the the desire the push to engage and identify with them but i think for me what kept me sane in as much as my feet were already in the shallow end what kept me sane was the salvation that i had walked in mm-hmm. from a young age mm. that's why it is important for young men and young women to know god at a young age and live for him live by his tenets live by his instruction psalm 119 says how can a young man keep, keep himself pure it is by hiding the word of god in his heart had i not hidden god's word in my heart i would have been totally lost mm. i would have continued walking in that life of impurity thrown in drug abuse thrown in some other girlfriends it would have been a whole mess you've just described my life <laughs> described my life to the T <laughs> pre Jesus <laughs> my my BC before Christ <laughs> anyway anyway that is for the next episode that is for the next episode no this episode is done yes this one is done okay okay we are done eh? yes all right guys so subscribe <laughs> subscribe we will be here with the next episode and make sure you better be here you cannot miss it you cannot miss it talk to us on our email coupledforlife@gmail.com and on social media via the handle at @coupledforlife on facebook and instagram and stay tuned for the next episode and get to know what happened in our individual lives ah it gets juicy <laughs> see you in the next episode see you there Love
like this You ever 